quitting sex for money and praising honest, anonymous whores. Parasocial relationships on socials. Comfort. Whenever I see accounts like these tweet unapologetic, explicit candor in the freedom of their anonymity, I feel comforted. My eyes widen in awe at the relatability and universality of a different yet identical experience shared by strangers. I giggle, nod, sympathize, say yes out loud. Makes me feel better, less alone in a very isolating industry. I'm retired, but the feelings of being isolated haven't gone away. Once you hide your real self from everyone for a decade, it doesn't just change overnight. It'll take a while to rebuild some kind of life, slowly figuring out how to re-enter a civil society. So we're clear, reader. I haven't figured it out yet. I just committed to figuring it out. How did I stop sex work? I just stopped. I just, <laughs> I just said no. Um, published my real feelings on the internet, so I couldn't take it back and continue self-destructing. I don't have any savings. I frequently gave away significant amounts of earnings to strangers in an attempt to feel better as I waited for death, as we know. I haven't scored a snazzy new career. I recently got a part-time job and roommates. I don't have anything to show for the years of sex work aside from the wisdom I choose to extract. Despite all of that, I'm still free to choose to say enough is enough, enough justifying a soul-destroying activity that sucks the life out of me just because I want it to feel like what I lost in sex work is made up to me before quitting. What I gave up doing sex work will never feel worth it to me. It's just not possible for me. I don't believe it ever was possible. I just wasn't ready to accept it for many years. That's how I ended up staying in this industry for so long. I'll never be okay with what I allowed, and it's time to just accept it and move on. There's a lot of life left to live, and if nothing else, it's a comfort knowing it won't be wasted in the same way. There's an entire world of people with money problems. Sex work is not the only solution for women, or every woman would be a prostitute. Thinking sex work was the only or best option was a mind virus I self-implanted, and it is what needed to be removed. No one was oppressing me but me. Knowing I will never again have unwanted sex for money with random men is the biggest relief in the world. It's pure luxury. My brain has begun to feel excited about life again. Every day I feel this huge weight lifted off my shoulders from that alone. It's being replaced by other weights, but they feel good. They feel like a choice I've made as part of my real life, not a choice made under the guise of playing the role of victim, stuck in never-ending survival mode sex work hell. I had nothing to be proud of as a prostitute. There was no body of work, no contribution to society I was making. I have nothing to show for all the unwanted sex I allowed. So I'm left with nothing but the actions. Am I proud of my actions? All that... <laughs> All that self-sanctioned, unwanted touching for money? All the lying? Ugh. I feel this is why people make the argument that sex work is not work. As a sex worker, I contributed nothing to society. I didn't produce anything. I didn't contribute anything with my labor. It's literally nothing. Smoke and mirrors. Everyone has sex. There are zero barriers to entry aside from needing to be a woman 9 out of 10 times. It's men who buy sex, with the extremely rare exception of the odd female. Sex work involves a lot of work, heavy administrative tasks, among other things. No one is out here paying an administrative assistant $500 an hour. 
No one was paying that rate for my behind-the-scenes admin work. The money was for that part of me that shouldn't have been for sale. That's what garnered a higher rate. That and marketing. You'd think re-entering civil society wouldn't be a big deal. Perhaps it's not for most workers who are doing other things, like in school the entire time. I don't know. For me, it's hard to explain what I've been doing in the last handful of years without lying or expressly talking about sex work. I don't want to lie all the time anymore. That's being left behind with a prostitute version of me. It's normal to keep certain things private. However, one's work life is a big part of time spent in a week, month, year, decade. Copious amounts of experiences in sex work that rattled me will never be shared with anyone. What do I answer to? So what do you do? I don't want to lie, but if I share my writing, the topic is unavoidable. I've been getting creative, not saying expressed lies, but it feels shitty and isolating. Same as before. It always will, I just have to get over it. It's tough sometimes, reader. Insert the anonymous, honest horror community on Twitter. An online space where I can go to enjoy a parasocial bond with anonymous personalities who shared similar experiences. It's a real comfort. Not that they are also enduring bad experiences, but that I'm not alone in the specific way I experience sex work being soul-destroying. I'm going to share some screenshots. I picked these tweets and accounts at random the other day, but there are many others, so praise for all the ones I left out too. I debated blocking the handles because these accounts vent for mental health reasons. They don't post to have open debates with clients or people dismissing their experiences to play devil's advocate. However, a big part of me feels their accounts deserve credit. These are public accounts on Twitter, so I mean, I'm just going to post it as is. While you can also enjoy them, I would engage unless you're a fellow sex worker wanting to chat about ugly truths of getting paid for sex out of respect. I chose the known and retired version of honesty. I feel like that's the deal if you're going to be honest. Be retired or anonymous. Or both. Can't be proven that you're honest if your income depends on lying. For the record, there are like a handful of retired whores that I can think of um, who speak on their continued love for having been escorts. And I think they're being honest because they fall into one of the two categories that I mentioned. So I've got four screenshots, um, well, little clippings that I made here. So the first one um, is by at and it reads, this hour is all about you. I want to focus on your pleasure. And it's a disturbing AI picture of like an older man with not a face and a younger woman with not a face, half naked. And yeah, I don't know, that photo resonates because if you were to look at the average situation of an older client and a younger woman shoved into a hotel room situation from like an objective third party view, it would look disturbing. So spot on. Clients often say something like, yeah, the pleasure is all, it's all about your pleasure. And like, it's well-intentioned, but the interaction isn't about the escort's pleasure. So, I mean, it just makes no sense in reality. And then we've got at And the tweet reads, I'll be honest, I usually do not remember the name of the client I'm about to see, and if I remember, I'll look at the text history. So I usually just call them babe, ha ha ha. And I found this tweet super accurate. I mean, I frequently didn't know a client's name. I had to open emails, say their name out loud several times as I like pace back and forth around immediately before seeing them trying to remember. They all just blended into the same booking. I had the same conversation and sexual experience like hundreds of times. 
prostitution is incredibly boring. Of course, some people I would remember more. Honestly, I'm not sure why. Something would randomly have to make it atypical or more familiar to my life experience. But I saw many decent clients multiple times and couldn't remember their names or that I'd seen them before or what we talked about. Nothing. Sometimes I'd make notes so I could check back, but not often. I just winged it. And then we've got two different tweets that I put together, both by at. And the tweet says, I would love it if clients understood they're not actually not like other clients and are in fact exactly like other clients. And then she goes on. I'm not like other guys. I care about your pleasure, he says, as I internally sigh because they literally all think viewing women as an active participant in sex makes them special instead of being the bare minimum of being human. And then she wrote this other tweet that I added on there. It's from a different day, but it's accurate. It's it's from a different day, but I feel like these two go together. Her tweet says, periodic reminder to clients that when you tell us you have friends who are sex workers, we know that you are lying and are internally laughing at you. And if you're paying them for sex, you're not friends, you fucking idiot. Um, so yeah, I would say most clients think they are special. That's the fantasy that they pay for. I mean, it's fine and all, but just know that it's a fantasy you're paying for at the end of the day. If I'm honest, the only thing that would have made a client extra special to me would have been if he didn't want or expect sex at a booking or expected the bare minimum. That would have been special. Anything else is just like an average booking unless something bad happens. It's more enjoyable if the man is kind, but I mean, it's all unwanted sex at the end of the day. How special can it be? And in my experience, 9 out of 10 clients that claim to be friends with an escort are just run-of-the-mill delusional about the nature of paying for sex. Clients pay escorts for companionship. It's a literal paid friend. Escorts don't want to be talking to clients when not on the clock. It's unpaid work. And if they do, it's to retain the client's business, as with any business relationship. Often, clients claiming to be friends will allow themselves special texting, email rights, and propose unpaid lunches and dinners because we're friends. Well, I never sought out a middle-aged married man to add as a friend to my friend roster, whereas a client would specifically seek me out, an attractive younger woman, and would pay me to spend time with them. Are friends typically people you pay to spend time with and talk to? I'm not mocking. It's just sad. Like, it's a sad way to live life. And then the next uh, collage of screenshots that are all by at... I'm just going to read all four of the tweets. She, These are all... Three of them are the same day on February 25th, and the other one is two days later, but they're all, like, the same. So she writes, The internet got sex work so confused. There is literally nothing fun or fulfilling about being an escort but the money. Y'all for real gotta stop creating this fake-ass narrative that all of us love what we do. I'm sorry, not sorry. I don't care if a trick takes me to Paris. It's still a trick. The sex work pushing the fake narrative that clients are our lovers and friends are making this shit especially dangerous. Shoot me, I don't care. But most of the clients who book us are like the worst type of men ever. I don't know why. This shit should be and stay purely transactional. 
These young chicks are jumping right into sex work at like 19 and they don't even have to. Main, I just mean her main feed, like the main marketing you see from escorts. Maine is notorious for pushing that narrative, and I'm never going to be part of that fake shit. Literally, every client sucks. Yes, you too. And then this one she wrote two days after, I'm guessing after she got a lot of, like, people commenting on her tweets. She wrote, Bitches was offended by my post saying I hate tricks and this trade and y'all ain't my parents. I hate every second of this shit from posting these ads to the execution. Um, and I'm also black as fuck, so the privilege you speak of is non-existent. Yeah, see, like, that, writing that, having to write that at the end is, like, just, if you complain about anything in this industry, people are just instantly, like, oh, you're so privileged. Like, just, like, the infighting is just so rampant and disgusting. Um, but yeah, I applaud, I applaud how she summarized, like, all of the fundamentals so well. Sassy, but on point. I would be nodding in general agreement at my screen reading this. She isn't wrong anywhere. She wrote a whole book in four tweets. Okay, third collage. Um, I've got two tweets by at I think it's part of like a longer thread and I just picked these two out because it was like a really long thread of her explaining a booking that she was on. And the tweet reads, day two of a 13 day fly me to you with a client I dream of firing. Pray for me. P.S. I'm grateful for the money, but this is literally the worst experience I've ever gone through willingly. (laughs) Thank you for all the support and advice on this tweet. Sincerely made me feel better. Although if you're liking this on Maine, please don't get an anon. It'd be great. Yeah. Um, I can definitely empathize with being on an evening or longer booking with a client I find insufferable just because I convinced myself I needed the money. I don't know. I put myself in these paid hostage situations. It's entirely my own fault for putting myself there. Unsure how I ended up doing that to myself as a form of earning an income in life. Living someone else's life entirely and hating every second of it with a smile on my face lying through my teeth. Feeling insane. Um... But yeah, that second tweet that she wrote where she's like, yeah, don't comment on main, get an anonymous account. Yeah. Like, that's because no one says the truth on Maine. Like, everyone's just marketing. Like, we all know this. Um, and the next tweet is by at... This person has, like, a plethora of great tweets. Her tweet reads, Believing that client-provider relationships are real dating leads to stalking, entitlement, and violence. I think you're expected to play this part if you're high-end, but for fuck's sakes, please be cautious. Um, yeah, I've written about this a lot in my notes. Like, clients are led to believe these relationships are real and then act like crazy stalkers for months and years after thinking it was real. Like, it's mentally ill behavior, but I mean, we basically let mentally unwell men pay to stalk us in real life and have access to us then cut them off. It's not outside of the realm of things I can comprehend why they feel entitled to their stalking. This isn't everyone. Like, it's just the ones that stalk forever after. But the logic is batshit crazy logic, but it is logic. They told themselves it was real, and we accepted their money, pretending it was real in return, and confirmed their delusions for cash. Obviously, it should be known it's a fantasy, but some men refuse to acknowledge that reality because they don't like to see themselves as doing a bad thing, too. 
Anyway, yep, selling the we have a real connection narrative comes with stalkers and abuse for most of us. Mm, the next tweet, there's two tweets by the same person. At The tweets read, A decade in sex work has shown me the truth about men. The scummy, sneaky side, they don't let the civvy women see. They are vile, scandalous, lying ass, skid, mark, leaving deviants. Now that my eyes are opened, I can't unsee it. 99.9 of men are trash. I'm disheartened by their reality, but to be honest, glad I'm aware so I know what to expect. What about you? Are you glad that you are aware how shitty people can be? Or do you wish you can be ignorant to it? yeah i mean it's a sad reality that the version of man that prostitutes experience make men seem horrible for the most part even if they're a nice guy often they're still seeing what the most is that they can get out of you for the money which let's be frank shall we it's not not understandable we are selling ourselves like commodities literally sold myself like an object men therefore treated me like an object to haggle over I can't be shocked by this. Disheartened and depressed about the state of human nature? Yes. Endlessly hoping men will decide not to treat me like worthless trash while simultaneously trying to get their money's worth? My goodness, yes. I hoped. I hoped. And every time that didn't happen and I was shown close to no humanity, my faith in society, men, and life dwindled even more. This wasn't every client, but... It was a noticeable segment. I get you, but know that we as prostitutes aren't seeing the full spectrum of kinds of men out there. We're seeing very specific segments at very specific times, and they are showing us only very specific parts of their personality. It's not a reflection of men as a whole. At least, that's what I tell myself. The alternative is far too bleak for me. Okay, we've got the last little gaggle of tweets here in collage number four. The first one is by at tweet says, I simply do not believe anyone is a hooker, quote, for fun. Because what is fun about sucking a flaccid old man's wiener? And someone commented, I do it for fun. I love meeting new people, making connections, getting to hear about different sides of life and being able to make anyone's day better. I love it all. Soft, hard, small, large. They're all beautiful to me. That probably helps me have more fun. And then underneath, shameless prostitute commented, Girl, please see my pinned tweet. This is clearly marketing. No marketing in my replies. I picked this screenshot because the contrast between the anonymous and actively marketing account is obvious. I'm not picking on the girl in the tweet that's doing the marketing. She's just marketing. It's what everyone does. She just happened to be in the tweet. She commented something she knew clients would read and then be like, oh, she's a good choice to hire because she loves her job. Unlike this anonymous on... <laughs> my God. Unlike the anonymous honest whore. The next one is blocked out because, well, I don't want to pick on her. She's just... A, she's a escort. And I just... Yeah, I blocked out who she is and I'm just reading her tweet. It says, Performative sex is damaging society. Fake moans and being overly expressive for the money is bringing men to be confused as to what an authentic physical opening or physical opening or pleasure for a woman is. I overly expressed because I saw how much more 
attention and income it made me. I get it. So, yeah, I'm not picking on this lady. I could have easily wrote this tweet a couple years ago. She isn't wrong. Porn has made what men expect of women in bed unrealistic, but for her to say performative sex for money is ruining society and then be a literal prostitute, like, do you see the hypocrisy? Your statement also applies to you having performative sex with clients for money. That sex isn't authentic. Even when we're taking out frustrations, always be marketing is what I see. And the last tweet I've got here is by at And the tweet reads, This is why no one likes or respects privileged sex workers who come into the industry for funsies and keep reminding everyone they do this because they want to, not because they need the money. And yeah, she's right. There's an obvious hate for women who don't feel stuck in sex work because most women would love to charge a premium rate to have minimal sex instead of seeing multiple clients in a day for an average rate. It's literally the exact same job no matter what rate you're at, but one person is paid way more for it and often one who doesn't even need the money. It's a cruel irony of the industry that those that need the money more often can't charge a higher rate. Marketing matters, and clients like the woman that looks like she doesn't need it, makes it seem like she just loves the sex and the client. My hiccup with this take is you can't know who's privileged and who isn't by looking at their marketing. It's in fashion to pretend to love your clients and love creating genuine experiences and have no money troubles. That's just how you get business. If you hate privileged workers, I'm just wondering how you know who's behind the facade. I struggle to believe anyone loves this job. It isn't glamorous to let men pay to fuck you. It's sad. Okay, so why did I show these screenshots? In my eyes, these accounts represent a randomized sample of prostitutes and their experience of getting paid for sex. You can decide how much weight you want to give these users, but to me, these show a good representation of the average experience in North America. Many of us enjoy these accounts because the tweets resonate. It's the same industry and transaction. It's unwanted sex for money with random men you've never met before finding you to pay you for sex. There are just certain base realities about this work that exist. So if this is a representation of the average experience, why is this something we want to destigmatize? If this is how women feel in sex work, why is this something we want to normalize as empowering or healthy? Are these accounts a blip? I don't think so. So the question then becomes something like, is it possible to humanize workers while simultaneously keeping a stigma against the transaction of paying for sex because it's a societal evil? Keep the stigma against the sad and soul-destroying part, but not against the person. The transaction offers quick money, and that'll always be a tool used by women in need. It doesn't mean sex work should be confused with a societal good. It's my firm belief that the majority of sex workers do not love the work, they don't actually want to be doing it, present a better option, or make earning money make sense again, and they'll choose another option. I strongly believe I was not the only confused whore with no support system stuck in sex work for those reasons alone. I've recently spoken to my friend a fair bit about safe injection sites and the concept of decriminalizing an activity. He said decriminalizing something is a firm step towards legalizing and ultimately promoting the activity. Like, I get the argument, I do. For now, though, I still side with decriminalizing prostitution because it is consenting adults. I think it's inherently sad, but I don't think it's the government's place to police the activity. 
criminalizing does more harm than good. However, I'd keep the stigma because of the consequences of destigmatizing. The consequences of society giving the go-ahead that sex for money is healthy and good. This inadvertent or intentional glamorization of sex work is creating a society full of women with little interest in real relationships. Instead, there is obsession with money, attention, and power. There's an obvious dwindling interest in unpaid real intimacy and an uptick in paid, unwanted, fake intimacy. It's very bleak to me. It's not glamorous to let men have sex with you for money. It's not fulfilling either. It's the epitome of meaningless. Feels like the solution must be to humanize sex workers and keep the stigma against the activity. Alienating those in the work will keep them in it. It's counterproductive. I'd like to see a society where I look to my side and advocate for things I actually find empowering and meaningful and call bullshit on the things I don't. I did a bad thing by inadvertently glamorizing prostitution in an attempt to feel less dehumanized and isolated. I think each of us is meant for much more than tolerating unwanted sex for money, hoping each time we don't get too traumatized to continue this time. Life's about much more than quick money. Money can be devalued, spent, stolen, etc. What will you be left with when the money's gone? You know what's best for you, reader. I'm just going to keep sharing my journey and words in case anyone seeking to exit needs a little parasocial support. Stay curious.